0: Welcome to the latest installment of Curious Capitalist. On this edition of the Curious Capitalist, we have the pleasure of speaking with Glenn McDermott, CEO and founder of Red Rock Branding, chair of the Technology Council and the Big Connect Expo for the New Haven Chamber of Commerce and the executive director of Conscious Capitalism, the Connecticut chapter. Glenn, hello.
1: Delighted to be here. Thank you for having us, Claire.
0: (laughs) You sound like a busy man.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's been a busy life and we're not done yet.
0: (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how you got to this point in your career.
1: I began my career in retail doing design, merchandising, and marketing, which gave me a great opportunity to explore the sort of philosophy of sales and design and how good design can affect human behavior. And I really enjoyed that for probably too many years. And uh, <laughs> recently, last 10 years, have applied those those learnings towards digital media and marketing and working more in the virtual space.
0: Ah, great stuff. Uh, what do you wish you'd known before you started out on your career path, whether that first of all be in retail, And now, of course, in a more digital era.
1: Well, I've had some great opportunities in senior management, but I must say that I should have been more wary of that big job offer and the big corner offers because it didn't generally work out to be a good career move. And it's only in the last 10 years that I've discovered my true passion and purpose. And I'm so excited now to be where I am at this stage in my career.
0: Do you get excited when you get out of bed in the morning and you're going to tackle things? I exciting?
1: do, you know, I and uh, I get out of bed all too early. As most people know, it's well before the sun up, because um, every day I'm excited to just do more of what we've been doing. So it's a it's a life of passion.
0: When you've got a vocation that, that makes you feel like that, you, you know, you really hit the jackpot. So let's get to know you a little bit better. If you could have dinner with any figure in history, who would it be and why? But more importantly, what question would you ask them?
1: Well, I do have this odd fascination with the ocean, so uh, it would be two choices, Jules Verne and also Jacques Cousteau, two Frenchmen. And I don't speak French, so it would be a short conversation, but (laughs) they do have a fascinating approaches in the exploration of the underwater world. As I grew up in Canberra, miles from the shore in Australia, I did discover a fascination with the ocean.
0: What is your greatest personal fear that you've ever had to face in your life?
1: Well, I have many, but one of them is kind of related to my choice of dinner partners because it's drowning actually. And I think I've come close a few times, but, uh, you know, because I've lived a, a life of adventure, both on the water, in the water and under the water. So it's a conscious sort of fear of mine.
0: Now, you did mention the little town of Canberra and obviously you do sound a bit funny, a bit like me. Tell me a little bit about how you ended up here in America.
1: Well, as some of you know, Canberra is the um, small town, otherwise known as the capital of Australia. <laughs> uh, and it was a dusty little town when I was there. And I spent 20 years building catapult to get out of there. Moved to the big city of Sydney and Melbourne and worked my way through different retail companies. And I got some great exposure to business practices. i traveled a lot to the U.S., in those roles and it really gave me an opportunity to see what this country has to offer in terms of its professionalism its career opportunities so i arrived here in 99 uh, for a short stay and 20 years later i'm still here
0: how did you first get involved in conscious capitalism here in connecticut
1: well a few years ago i've been reading some great books and realized that it was it was a great structure or a way to organize your thoughts around best business practices so it became a, a natural progression for me to join the board and I very much enjoyed staging the conversations that are gonna be the next business model. So it's been a tremendous opportunity.
0: Thinking about culture and leadership, and without defaulting to the easy option of generic core values, what language do you use to describe your organization's culture? and Does it have a definable character?
1: Well, at Red Rock Branding, we have been in business for about the last 10 years and we've really been working on purpose and helping brands articulate their sense of purpose and what that means in terms of their social impact and how they're going to go beyond profit and benefit the larger community. And so that's been the most satisfying part of the work that we've been doing. So as consultants, we're often brought in to help redesign the brand architecture. And this is where we bring in the power of what the purpose can do to drive the brand and attracting customers and clients and, you know, a powerful brand and a powerful brand purpose can really help a brand get great traction with customers It can help get really loyal long-term employees because they identify with the brand purpose and it becomes a North star that aligns everyone under it. And so there are many benefits around a power of powerful purpose not to mention the fact that they can ultimately reduce their marketing expenses if they do it right so it's oddly self-serving
0: <laughs> fantastic what do you think has been your biggest cultural failing how have you overcome it has anybody ever left your company or uh, one of the companies that you've been working with as a result of culture and if so why and what did you do about it
1: that's uh, it's such a good question and, and yes we have had cultural failings at Red Rock. we have been i guess attracted by the wrong kind of clients that don't share our views and our values around purpose and building a healthy community. And so there has been times where we've drifted outside of that and it just hasn't worked out. Culturally, they're not a good fit. So it's not been a good experience. And I try to remind myself of those when we are selecting clients going forward is to not repeat that mistake.
0: (laughs) Can't believe it, a marketeer with a conscience. (laughs) what attribute of culture in your company has been the most important to attain and the hardest to maintain and why is this and how did ultimately you make it happen
1: in the process of developing marketing strategies it's really about telling the customer stories so It's often done with authenticity. So I guess the hardest thing to do is to maintain the quality of that storytelling, regardless of sometimes the client's expectations are somewhat lower. But we're going to be judged by the work that we do. And so maintaining the highest quality of communication product is is always a challenge.
0: How do you measure the return on your culture? (laughs) what is it worth in financial terms
1: well i touched on it earlier but when you have a powerful brand purpose like we do at Red Rock, then it's a really good way of recruiting good people so we have a great team and then usually those folks are happy to go beyond what you ask them to do and that for me is the greatest evidence of employees or team members that are really happy in doing what they're doing because they just go above and beyond
0: so when you're not focused on your work what do you do to relax
1: well for me my kind of Zone of relaxation has always been around the water, which is why I left Canberra when I did. So, um, living near the water, being around it, looking out upon it, walking around it are all really good ways of, of winding walking around down. it,
0: under it, on it. <laughs>
1: I've always been a sailor and I've loved the the whole movement of wind and water and the self-propulsion involved there and kayaking and just, you know, often the smallest boats are the most fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, I forgot to mention being under the water because when I first started surfing as a kid, I was freaked out when I saw these big dark shadows zooming under me on the board. So I thought I must go down there to figure out what underwater is all about. So it provides me an endless source of awe and beauty underwater. Just when you're swimming with big fish, they seem to be completely fearless of you. I'm more fearful of them, but the beauty of the underwater world is extraordinary.
0: So thinking about the culture in your business, would you say that your organization has a stated higher purpose? If so, what is it? And how did you arrive at it? Is it widely embraced down to the most junior employee? And most importantly, how do you
1: know? Well, the irony here is of course that we cultivate the power of purpose in what we do. And we do that through communicating the value of a brand's DNA and how how they impact socially and culturally, as well as being effectively addressing social issues around diversity and inclusion and the environment. We actively support those principles internally, and we try and coach our clients to think along those same lines, because it's about going beyond profit. It's about what you can do as an organization that's gonna make the world a better place.
0: So how do you align your business strategy with that purpose, if you like? And can you share an example of how that purpose Help to shape a major business decision. Is that purpose formally invoked as part of your decision-making process?
1: Well, one of the strongest verticals we have at Red Rock is really in the public health space and health and wellness as a big idea and as a product. We've recently launched a brand around health and wellness, and it's been a very satisfying experience to work with that client and tell their story and share it with the community and the community just loves the brand. So for me, that's the ultimate gratification of what we can do to build a healthier community.
0: What do you find is the hardest part of staying true to your purpose? And is there an example of a time when you didn't follow, you kind of alluded to this earlier, and what was the outcome?
1: Yeah, we ended up working with a distributor that um, sold all sorts of unhealthy products and I eventually fired that brand because it didn't really align with what we did. So we did some good work with them around some of the brand developments, but ultimately it was not a good marriage in terms of client selection. Mm.
0: So it was a real moral decision and not a financial one, for the greater good should we say
1: yeah and it's interesting in this country too because a, a lot of the brands that contribute to poor health in this country are ones that do best mm. so in, in many cases we've been you know fighting the bigger fight mm, absolutely
0: which stakeholder is the most important in your company
1: probably the team members because they're people that i have a tremendous amount of respect for and we collaborate often working remotely so we are working on projects at different times and spaces but there are challenges and the rewards of that Uh, And secondly, of course, are the clients, because they're the people that you're ultimately delivering the work for. So uh, I I guess it's team members and clients.
0: I know that Red Rock has made a point of giving back to the community, especially the wellness community, of course. But what has been your most effective program in regard to giving back to the community? And how do you measure that success?
1: I've really kind of been drawn into a lot of the things that the Greater New Haven Chamber of Commerce have done and I have accepted a variety of roles all on a volunteer basis with the Chamber because I think they're doing really good work around cultivating good business practices that benefit the entire community. So it's been a gratifying way of building my business network and also giving back to the business community. We've done a lot of workshops and skill sharing programs through the business community that have been really well received. So that's been a a very satisfying cycle.
0: So finally then, tell me a little bit about your plans. What are Glenn's plans for the next five or maybe even 10 years?
1: Well, the power of purpose is one big idea for us. And I think that in driving social impact, And really doing work that goes beyond profit have really been the three key points for me in the last couple of years. And I've really enjoyed the work with Conscious Capitalism because it really is a convergence of those big ideas. And just working with new clients that share those big ideas and go to the right place, onward and upward.
0: And personally, five, 10 years, are you going to be sailing on it, under it, in it?
1: (laughs) So what do I want to do in the next five or 10 years? I did benefit in many ways earlier in my career from traveling in a a fairly unorthodox manner. Uh, I've been a cyclist for many years, so for me, the ultimate way to see foreign countries and cultures was to do it on a bicycle. Because on a bicycle, you are vulnerable and you are exposed to the environment so you learn quickly as you go through these foreign cultures about the weather and the food and the smells and everything else that's going on in the culture so that sort of vulnerability gives you a tremendous empathy for these cultures and I do wish to get back to that in some way shape or form Mm. in the future because I think it's the future for me. On two wheels. On two wheels.
0: Maybe My future is uh,
1: on two wheels. My future is
0: on two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Glenn, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Glenn McDermott, uh, CEO and founder of Red Rock Branding, based at District in New Haven, chair of the Technology Council and the Big Connect Expo for the New Haven Chamber of Commerce, and of course, the executive director of Conscious Capitalism for the Connecticut chapter. Glenn, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Claire.